Most people say they want to change the world, but they aren't willing to change the toilet paper roll. Be the change. It's not quite Mahatma Gandhi. It's actually a sign in the back of Hobby Lobby. Every time I go to Hobby Lobby with my family, they want to go. They're getting yarn and creating these wonderful things with us blankets or hats. I just read the signs out loud as loud as I can. My family loves it. Maybe not, but this sign made me think. Like we say that we want to be world changers, that we're growing world changers in our school, but are we? Are we putting in the systems, the processes? Are we putting in the work, the culture that it takes to create world changers? You are, or at least you're seeking to. That's why you're at this podcast. Or you're at the wrong podcast. This is the PBL Simplified Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Stoyer, and we are trying to change the world through education. In fact, we think it's the only vehicle that can get it done. Technology? I love it, but not everybody adopts it. So is it really going to make generational change? Are we waiting for politicians to change? No, we're not. We're not waiting. Education, though, when you change the educational experience for one child, and keep in mind one's not enough, you've got a bunch that are in your charge, but when you do it for one child that previously saw school as negative, where their family looked at education as a negative because they didn't have a good experience at school, if you can change that paradigm where now school is seen as a place where opportunities grow, where I can change my life, where I can make my purpose come alive, now things have changed. And when you do that in one child, now their view of education changes. And then when they have their family, and some of you have seen multiple generations come through your school, now they have a positive experience that they're bringing to school. They know that school has opportunity, that there's a purpose for school for them. And if you can do that across your whole grade level, amazing things happen. Now you're seeing generational change. Now you're seeing people that are purposeful, not passive. You're seeing people that will have a conversation, not just yell. You're seeing people that will reach out with empathy and collaborate and problem solve instead of just complain. And that is a big deal, my friend. That's what we're talking about when we talk about project-based learning. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about 51 by 51. What if 51% of schools were using project-based learning by 2051? If the majority of our graduates were graduating in a project-based learning environment, I think the world would be a better place. And that gets me fired up. And that's what this podcast is all about. PBL Simplified, we talk about project-based learning as a vehicle, a way for us to bring about school change and really world change. And we're not just talking about it. We're doing the work. We're working with you, we're working with schools, we're coaching, we're training, we're inspiring, we're sharing stories, and that's what we're doing today. Today is an, a special extra PBL showcase. Typically, it's just the second Wednesday, but this is the third Wednesday. We've got so many stories within the Magnify Learning ecosystem that we have to share them. What's the best way to show that things are working? Hey, Ryan. Hey, visionary leader that's listening. I'm trying to listen to myself as I'm preaching right now. Step back and let the stories tell the work. That's what we're doing today. We've got Cassandra Metcalf from Indiana. She's in a rural school. And she has learners that are bringing things in to showcase the work that they're doing in the classroom. She's going to tell some awesome stories. And it's going to get you fired up. This is when you're going to want to share. Uh, Cassandra's an all-star. And she brings it super authentic. Super, super authentic within her community. And you can take the principles out of here, right? It's not necessarily prescriptive, although there is a process, but it's descriptive. I want you to hear her story and say, how can I do that where I'm at? Because you can, right? Cassandra is a, I think she's been through Jumpstart. So she's 
fairly new to project-based learning, but she crushes it because she knows this is how she's always wanted to teach. And now she has that permission. Now that she has the structures and processes to do this work, and it's amazing. It's amazing, and you're going to love it. If you are new to the PBL Simplified podcast, I'd like you to get a free resource. You can go to whatispbl.com. If you go to whatispbl.com, we'll give you some free resources. There's actually a ton on there, but we separate them by administrator or teacher. So if you're an administrator, you get a whole series of resources uh, that are specifically for you as a building leader or an instructional coach, where you just kind of split those out. And if you're a teacher and you want group contracts, you want reflection activities, like we have those too. They're all there in the download that you get. And then you get like five emails from me, right? They're automated emails, but I wrote them. And they're specifically for principals or they're specifically for teachers. And if you reply to any one of those, it comes directly to my inbox and I will answer your question right there. Man, I love this stuff. I've seen project-based learning change uh, kids' lives. Uh, it's in my book, PBL Simplified. It's like a double pitch right there. So if you go get my book, PBL Simplified, you'll hear Skyler's story about his life has been transformed by project-based learning. And it's happening all over the place. It's happening so much that we had to change the episode formats to include more of these PBL showcases because you're downloading them and you're sharing them like you love them. So I got it. I'll step back. I'll be quiet. I'm going to interview rockstar teachers. Here you go. Hey, PBL Simplified podcast listeners. Thanks for jumping in today. It's the second Wednesday of the month. So we've got a PBL showcase lined up for you. PBL showcase is where we do a deep dive in a PBL unit with the teacher that created that PBL unit. So you get to hear a little bit of the lingo that teachers are using in the classroom. You get to hear a real PBL unit that's being implemented. It's a great one to share with teachers or as a visionary leader, just for you to hear what we mean by PBL, what that looks like. So we've got Cassandra Metcalf on the podcast today. First grade teacher. Cassandra, thanks for being with us today. Hi, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk about it today. Yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. Thank you for taking the time. The first question we always ask is, what is your why for education? Sure. So my why is that I have always loved to learn, especially hands-on since I was really young. And I love the idea that I get to have a hand in encouraging my students, young minds, and really allowing them to explore the world around them. Um, traditional education setting doesn't always allow for that, but um, we're trying to work into, you know, a new path of education. So my goal is to help raise a new generation of free thinkers and explorers. Well, that's exciting. I like that we're going to have some more explorers in the world, right? I love the vision of that. And you're at a district that supports PBL and you've been through training. So um, you've been able to jump in and you've switched grade levels, maybe that that kind of thing happens in elementary it, it, as a secondary person. Like I taught eighth grade. Like, it just baffles me that you can switch from grade level to grade level, but you all are pros at it. So uh, right now we're talking first grade, right? And you've got a farm to table lesson that you're going to bring us. Why don't you give us an overview of that? Sure. So we, I chose to do a, um, our PBL on farm to table this year. Every year our school does an academic week where each grade level chooses a project. And this is my first year in first grade, and I wanted to switch things up. Uh, I wanted to do things a little differently and kind of meet some of those educational standards that we typically don't get to or they're hard to reach, um, especially the science and the science and health ones that way. Um, but we live primarily in an agricultural community. 
So there is a lot of farming involved. And a lot of the kids in my class are part of farm families, multiple generations. I have one kiddo in my class that his family just got this award in this plaque in their yard for reaching 100 years of owning a farm in their family. So, I mean, he was one of my PBL experts. Awesome. <laughs> he was really, really neat. Um, but I wanted to tie some of that agricultural stuff into what we were learning. So our introduction was that we had read a story um, in our English curriculum, our reading curriculum, that was um, about how all of the parts of all of the parts, all of the hands, I think it was called hands in the cookie jar. So all of these hands from different backgrounds made all these ingredients for cookies and the family was able to put it all together and make cookies. So that was Who Put the Cookies in the Cookie Jar by George Shannon. So it introduced students to where each ingredient in the cookie came from and then all the hands involved in getting it to the person that was actually baking the cookies. So we kind of took a step back and I thought that that they really resonated with them of, hey, this person was growing wheat, which they milled in to make flour. My family grows wheat too. Or yep, that's wheat. right. And we've got cows. So it really, it really resonated with them. So the next day we followed it up as um, with a story of how did that get in my lunchbox, which was a, uh, the story of food by Chris Butterworth. And that has been one of my favorites where the kids really get to think about what they had for lunch that day and then all of the parts from that. So we wanted to think about how they as young citizens of our community um, might be able to find local food sources and then understand how that food arrives to them on their table or their dinner plate. So that is kind of our entry event and our, our leading question of our whole PBL. Yeah. And I love the idea that, you know, you, you've got this book that you're reading, but there's still the creativity step to like link that like, hey, this resonates with my kids. Like, how do we link that to what we're doing? How do we link that to some important life skills and understanding? And I think that's some of the things I think that's why teachers love project based learning is there's just that. Uh, the creativity aspect that you can bring into things and you can personalize it for your kids. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It was such an organic opportunity for them. It just kind of fell into place and we, you know, we kind of moved with it as we wanted, but it was yeah. so organic to them to think about those things that they were experiencing at home and the things that they knew about and how we could tie it into something academic is you can teach, you know, I could have taught the story and asked questions about it and moved on to something else, but that was something they were excited about. So it was really neat to tie that in over a six-week time period. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's like a no-brainer question. Would you rather teach kids that are excited or kids that are not excited, right? It's, it's like, I want them to be excited, right? So they, they kind of lean in, right? And that's kind of my definition of inquiry is it's like, what is it that gets kids to lean in a little bit to curriculum or or your your content that you're teaching a lot of skills it sounds like you're teaching so your kids are in how else do you know that they're excited about this pbl unit how can you tell oh my goodness you should see the expressions and the experts that came forward in my class like i said i have a um a large group of farming kids and we had one kid that graham oh he's so sweet he his family harvests soybeans so one day he brought in, when we were talking about different plants and how different plants are used to make different foods, he brought in pockets full of soybeans to show everyone and passed it around. And it was yeah. just really neat to see. And he's like, this is what it looks like. And then this is used to make this, this, and this. And they know this stuff, which is really cool. Oh, I had so another nice. kid in a dairy yeah. farm. So he talked about 
you know, all the uses for dairy and how it gets from the cow to the, you know, to the store. And it's just really neat that six-year-olds knew a lot about that way more than I would have ever thought. Well, I love that you're, you know, your, your learners are your experts right now, right? Like how good is, like how empowering is that as a six-year-old to be like, I know this, right? Like, I mean, so excited to share with their friends and it was neat to see that each kid had a different background in some of that. Yeah, it's so neat. And, and how engaged to be like, I'm going to fill my, and I'm filling my pockets with soybeans tomorrow. Like, I am going to crush this. I'm going to be a yeah. hero, you know? <laughs> I love your, yeah, your straight world where you're like, Ryan, you don't get it. Like, you can tell they're engaged. You see their faces, right? It's like, yeah, so, you, it was really neat to see them take that initiative. Yeah, so good. Sure. So um, as, as you look at this and you know, you're maybe looking at next, another PBL unit or something in the future, like what's one part of this PBL unit, the farm to table that you really loved that you want to replicate in future work? I really liked the community impact part of it. Um, we were able to, we got to do so much with this because it was so broad. We kind of just went with whatever we possibly could include in that. So we worked with, um, our local food pantry, which is connected through our high school. We donated non-perishables. We collected that and donated that to the food pantry. And we learned about how things in our pantry are not locally sourced and that lots of things at the food pantry are not fresh products. Mm. So we wanted to think about how in the future we could make sure that those type of items are there. And you know what? It also benefits some of those kids that were in my class. So they were then receiving those items. Um, so they got to work with some of the high school FFA students to grow potatoes and onions in their greenhouse that went to the food pantry. I have um, a mini farm at home, a little hobby farm. So we were able to bring in some of my personal eggs to donate yeah. and then getting ready to start some seedlings for spring and summer. And then I'm going to see them through for the summer, but that those plants then and those you know, the, the produce from that will then go to them as well. So they've had a hand in feeding the community. And like I said, some of them are ultimately going to benefit from that as well. Well, what a great service learning project, really, right? Mm -hmm. To go see the food pantry and then see a problem. Like, wait a minute, like, this isn't right. the best food for people. Like, how can we change that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's higher level service learning. I, I, I was on a board of our local food pantry for a while and it's neat to see kids come in and say, hey, it's not enough that, you know, I just go and get the green beans that were in the back of the shelf that nobody wanted. They've been there for a year or two. I'm going to go donate those. Like, that's one level, right? But it's a whole nother level to be like, wait a minute, we should be serving these people in a different way, right? And so it's nutritious. And and then stepping forward to go see the high schoolers, like, what a neat intergenerational piece, really, right? It was, it's been a lot of fun. And we've, we started with it being a six-week project and we covered, you know, every standard we possibly could from writing, yeah. speaking, listening, reading, science, you know, health, yeah. anything we could. And then we have just went with trying to extend little pieces of that throughout the year since it's been so enjoyable. We currently have chicks in our classroom. So we've been incubating eggs for the past week. Awesome. So now we have chicks and then these chicks are going to come home with me and they're going to turn into our egg layers and the eggs are going to wind up back here. So they're going to get to see all of that too. No, it's so maybe towards the end of this year. So maybe next year I'll try to do chicks and eggs earlier in the year so that then they can see that cycle happen as well. But it's been it's been really cool. Well, it's, it's such a neat thing in this, you know, kind of farm to table piece that you're doing. I guess what I keep coming back to is, yes, you're you're engaging academic standards. Your kids are learning all the things that they need to be learning. 
but they're engaged and all the other things that are not academic standards that they're learning. Empathy, caring for your community, right? Like stepping forward, the, the cycle of food, right? Like we had chickens, my family had chickens for a while. Yeah, we had 30 chickens and it's like, you immediately see like what you feed that chicken is an egg and then you eat it. It's like that totally transforms how you see the food chain, right? (laughs) Yes. That's so much fun. Mm -hmm. So you've given us like cool community partners. uh, You've given us engaged learners. Uh, What are some things that maybe you would do differently though? Because when we're talking project-based learning, like we never hide the fact that things aren't perfect in this world. Like what are some things you might change for next time? Yeah, I think I might like to expand with some partnerships with our local farmers and some of our farming families because we didn't get to do too much of that. We got to go see, um, we took a field trip to a former dairy farm about an hour away. That was this fall. And so they got to see what a dairy farm used to look like. And then that family also grew their own crops too. So we got to see what that looked like there. But it might be nice to see some of the faces that they know as well because a lot of our local farmers are the firefighters and the bus drivers and the school resource officers and our cafeteria workers. I mean, it's it's really neat being in a small community that everybody is so interconnected and everyone seems to be related to everyone somehow as well. So <laughs> we do know them very well. But I would like to work more with the local the local families. Yeah, and I think that's so strong, right? As you know, a vill- takes a village to raise a child, and you've got these farmers that are doing that, right, in this small community and. I just feel like you're showing them all the different aspects of why it's so great to be in a community like yours. That's so much fun. So Cassie, I feel like you have such an organic PBL unit. I don't even know where to go. Like you, you laid it out so well, like it's personalized for your learners. Uh, your standards are just entwined. Your kids are leaning in right within Corey. There's all kinds of real world learning happening. All these, I mean, in first grade, we still, there's still employability skills, right? All these collaborative, the critical thinking, the problem solving, all the different cycles that they see. Uh, is there anything else that you just want to jump that you want to throw in before we? I, sure. Like so something close because you crushed it. Like this is so much fun. I wanted to talk about. Um, well, so we did an academic week at school, and they got yeah. to present this whole experience to their school. So we wanted to figure oh, out good. project in a way for them to show what they had learned. So the whole farm to table piece, and um, so we worked with our. PE teacher as well. And she taught them um, some health standards about my plate and a balance, what a balanced meal should look like and stuff like that. So their goal, their project was that, um, let me pull this up real quick because I wanted to make sure I told you all about it. (laughs) So we had weeks about it. And then um, they were introduced over that time to different types of farms and crops that were raised. So poultry, pork, beef, corn, wheat. I mean, we spent a couple days on each thing and they learned about how different animals and crops were used. We even participated in Discover Dairy's Adopt-A-Cow program. So we got weekly updates on a cow and I <laughs> learned about the food pyramid. But our ultimate thing was that, uh, sorry, they, our academic project was that they created dioramas of a meal using various materials to imitate food. So they were, ch- they were told to choose a well-balanced meal that had all five categories from my plate. And then they got to present their project to me. And then it sat for everyone in the school to walk by and see. So they had to talk about where it came from, label it where it came from and how it got to their plate. So one of my kids just, they all did phenomenal. Like I said, they were experts. One kid, it was so neat that he he made tacos and he had a plate of tacos. I didn't realize tacos and pizza cover all parts of my plate. I mean, yeah. there is 
Yes. And so, I mean, there was beef from cattle, cheese from the dairy cows, the lettuce was growing, you know, from produce from a garden too. It was really, really neat to see. So they got to present that to the school. And then they also got to present that to our school board, which was oh. a really, really neat experience. That's so good. And, yeah. you know, we get questions a lot from either visionary leaders or teachers like yourself that are on fire with PBL. It's like, how do I help the next teacher step in? And I think it's just like you did it, right? It's like, just showcase the great work that your kids are doing and let mm -hmm. teachers go, yeah, I, I want to do that. Like, how do I do that? You know, and, and school board members, that's a huge uh, stakeholder group, right? They don't necessarily know about some of the trends in education. They don't know about project-based learning. But man, they know neat work when it happens, right? When, when first graders step up and they're engaged in their learning, they're excited about school and the community, like school board members understand that, right? So yeah. those are the experiences that we need to be sharing. And that's how PBL spreads. Sure. It was, it was a really neat progress or process for us. And just, I, we weren't really sure where we were going with it in the beginning. And I think that's one of yeah. the big things about PBL is that it has to be organic and personal to them. So it's what yeah. you can have an idea of what you want to do or a project that you want to do, but if they're not you know, excited about it and attached to it, it's not going to be what you want it to be. And when they yeah. really enjoy getting their hands in and quite literally getting their hands in with chicks and vegetables and things like yeah. that, it's, it's really, really fun. And so they, they just, they were superstars. They just rolled with it. Yeah. Well, you got them in their sweet spot, right? Like we, we all know that we need to learn these things for academic standards and that's at the heart of our work, but those by themselves are not inherently engaging a lot of the time, right? So if we can put that engagement in front of it or around it, you know, our, our learners can really thrive and, and own their learning. Yeah. I agree. It's super exciting. So what do you think that looks like for you, you know, kind of the next PBL unit or there, like what kind of momentum do you have in your classroom, like moving forward from this? A lot of my kids right now are curious to see what happens with the projects that we've started this year to see what, you know, with our produce and our chicks and our, you know, as they turn into hens and where to go from here. So I'm excited to see how I can start that with first graders next year. Um, and I hope they have the same response as well. But um, yeah. ultimately, I'm going to introduce the same things and see if it sticks and if not we're going to roll with the next project or next idea that they really seem to like but i'm one of those teachers though that i don't like sitting at a desk all day we do the pen and paperwork we do the worksheets but yep. i learn from doing things and getting my hands dirty yeah. and i think at this age it that's that's what's really important yeah and i think it sounds like you took some risks with this as well and then we're just paying attention to how your students were reacting and it's such a great facilitation move you know, and one of the things I don't think we, we talk about enough that your kids are learning just because they're learning through different life cycles and like seeing them, it's just mm -hmm. the patient that's involved in that, right? The patience to watch something grow or just something's going to hatch. And it's like, you know, this, you guys aren't going to see these till you're second graders, you know, or, or something like, right? That the patience that's involved in that in our current culture, you know, what a gift for your kids, right? That's so much fun. They will remember when they're older, I think. Yeah. Super neat. Well, Cassandra, I've got one last question for you. So at Magnified Learning, our big goal is to have 51% of students working in project-based learning classrooms by 2051. So what do you think the world looks like if the majority of our students are graduating from an authentic PBL environment? 
Honestly, I think hands-on learning and authentic PBL environments, they really allow students to experience the world around them in a way that's personal to them. And you can only, like I said, you can only learn so much from a textbook or a lesson or a video, but by actually diving in and solving those problems and thinking how that relates to their community, you know, that they have identified as important to them, that's going to help them with the world and better understanding the world and getting the wheels turning for change. Yeah. That's so good. You, you've got your first graders set up for success for sure to see new opportunities. They're excited about school, which I think is half the battle. So as, I, as they're going through it, they're going to see the value of education and they're going to see the world with problems like ready to be solved, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it is so important in early childhood education, you know, preschool, kindergarten, first grade, you are, those years are so critical where you want them to enjoy school. You want them to be excited about learning new things. And if that is missed, then it's really hard to bring them back. So once they are excited about school, the families are excited about school. It completely reshapes their mind and their thoughts about education. So hopefully we're bringing up some bright learners from here on yeah. out. We are. You're going to get me fired up. We're going to start the podcast all over here in a second. <laughs> That's the generational impact of teaching, right? Like if you've got students and you've got families who are getting excited about education, mm-hmm. that's when we really start changing things. That's exciting. Because Angie, thank you, thank you so much for sharing this PBL. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Visionary leaders, you just got a PBL showcase. Um, it's lights out, so you need to share this one, especially with your early education folks. You're, you know, K2 right in there, and they're wondering, like, how do you do PBL with this age of learner? Like, this is how you do it. So share this episode uh, with those folks and start a PBL movement where you're at. And as you continue to take some risks and listen to your students, you're going to engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms. So go lead inspired. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PBL Simplified Podcast. I appreciate you. I'm honored that you tune in each week. Would you please take two minutes to leave a rating and a review? When you leave a review, it lets the next person know that this is a podcast worth listening to. When they go into their player and search project-based learning and PBL Simplified popped up, when they see those reviews, they know that high-quality visionary leaders are listening. So they tune in too, and they can find their way into the PBL journey. Thank you so much for leaving a review. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you.